I'd like to ask all of our veterans to stand to their feet. All the veterans at all of our campuses, would you stand to your feet? All of our veterans right now, those who serve as well, if you serve, would you stand to your feet? If you're currently serving, please stand to your feet. Let's give honor where honor is deserved right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. We're so grateful for your service. Freedom is an expensive thing, and we want to thank you for the freedom you give us every day that you protect us. I sleep well at night because someone's not sleeping at night. Thank you for that. Thank you for watching out for us. Let's give it up one more time for those who serve and who have served. So grateful. So grateful. Well, we're glad you guys have joined us here on Veterans Day weekend. Thanks for coming. And I want to invite and just say thank you to all of our campuses for being a part of our services right now. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys as well. We love you guys. Grateful for you. You guys, be praying for your pastor this week. I get the privilege to go preach to them live in their prisons all week. I can't wait. I'm very excited to go. It's going to be a great time to do that. Isn't it great that we have prison ministries that are thriving and reaching thousands for Christ? And so really, really cool to be able to do that. Pull out your notes if you will. I'm going to give you some things to write down today. And uh, the first thing I want you to write down, I'm going to give you point number one right off the bat. I'm going to just tell it to you right now. Number one is this, remember. We need to remember what God has done, the miracles that have built this church. And I'm going to go back and tell you a story that something that happened here 12 years ago that was pretty remarkable. It was quite the miracle weekend. God did something pretty profound in a huge way. He just showed up. In fact, many of you remembered if you were here. If you were here 12 years ago in a part of our church during this time, you already know the story probably because you lived it. And so if you were here 12 years ago when God did something pretty special, would you stand to your feet? I want to honor faithfulness real quick before we get going. We just honor those who have been faithful for all these years. Would you stand to your feet? Let's give these very special people a hand who've been here a very long time. We are grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. So grateful for you for all the years you have given us. And so you lived this story. And so I'm going to get to share this story with you now. You know, last week I told you about how I ended up trying to get home from Houston. Remember last week I told you I got stuck in an airport. You guys are looking at me like I have no idea what he's talking about. You guys were here last week to hear the story. Some of you, please. Okay. So I talked about how I got stuck in an airport and, and we were way behind on, on, on giving as a church. We, people were giving sacrificially, but the price of steel had gone up so much that the price of the building went up drastically and we were three million shy. And, and God, uh, by, by way of Houston, I got stuck. I ended up meeting this guy. He told me this great story about how God will provide and really motivate and inspire me. Then I got home later that night. He actually gave us a ride because he was coming to Houston too. Uh, he had a driver because he's an old company anyways. We ended up in his car. He gives us a ride home. I, I got home probably 4 or 5 in the morning uh, from a real late night, crashed, and then got up around noon, went to church, and started to prepare for my message. And I, I know I needed to challenge people because we were $3 million shy of what we needed. Surprise, surprise, it's about what we need again. <laughs> and so one thing I've learned about God and the vision, he always gives you more vision than you have money. And so it's okay. God always provides us what he does. So here we are. We're kind of stuck. And I, I knew... God was leading me to challenge our people to give again, sacrificially, even though they were already giving. And so it's about an hour before service time. I feel very weighed down and stressed by what I knew I needed to do as a leader. And so I'm going over my message, which is pretty normal. At this time, we had a 5 and a 6.30 Saturday night service in our old building. And it only sat 6.50, and we were packing it six or seven times a week, and it was pretty crazy. And so I remember an hour before going over my message. 
As I'm doing that, like all preachers, I'm looking for little antidotes or stories or little jokes or something I can add here and there to the, to the sermon. That's kind of what we do. And so I, I reached for a book. Uh, I was looking for a book just to, just to give me some good stories and insights. And then I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this book that I forgot that, I, that, that was given to me by a friend of mine about six months ago, six months before this. He had mailed it to me and said, you got to read this. Well, I didn't get to it. And so it was sitting on my shelf. And I knew it was it had something to do with giving, so I thought, oh, maybe that book has something in it. Who knows? So I grabbed it about an hour before service time, and I start reading it. It's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. So I start reading this book. Within two or three pages in the book, I am freaking out at the story this guy's telling. And I'm just going to tell you his story and kind of what happened from there. So he tells a story about how he was a traveling evangelist, went from church to church. And kind of how that works is you preach, and then after you preach, someone will walk up to you typically and say, hey, we want to thank you for coming and slip you a check for an honorarium, is what you call it, to, to pay you for your time and, and, and the, the energy for you to be there. And, and so then they take you to dinner afterwards, and you're on your way to the next church. That's kind of how that works. So he started having this happen to him where he would go and preach, and afterwards someone would take him to, to, to dinner, you know, and, and uh, he'd be with a group of people, and someone would slip him a check and say, thank you for coming and, and preaching at our church. And then while he was sitting at dinner, God would prompt him, this happened multiple times, and God would prompt him to give the check to someone at the dinner table. Like God would say, give, your, give what you just got to this person. They have a need. So then this, this inner dialogue would start in his mind of arguing with God. Maybe you've been there, right? Where God tells you something, you're like, okay, let's talk about this, God. I really need that money. What are you doing? You know? So he begins to sort of argue with God. But then eventually he finally says, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. So he gave, the, he, he, he signed the check over and slipped it to this person when no one's looking and said, I want you to have this. As God just told me to do this. Please don't tell anyone. This is between me and you and the Lord. Please take it. And they're all, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yes, I want you to have it. So then he did that. And then on his way out to the car after dinner, you know, he, he did it when no one saw, or at least he thought no one saw. A guy walks him out to the car to say goodbye. And he says, hey, um, I just have to ask you, did you just give your check to someone a minute ago? And he was like, no, totally lies to the guy. He's like, no, what are you talking about? No, I didn't. He goes, yeah, you did. He goes, no, he goes, did you give your check to someone? The guy's like, well, yes. I mean, you weren't supposed to see that, but he goes, okay, that's what I wanted to know. He goes, because when you did that, the Lord prompted me to do something too. And then he gave him a check for even more personally. And God began to speak to him about if I'll learn to hold everything loosely and when God tells me to give, then God will more than replenish. So this is the first lesson that he learned about giving. Then the next thing that happened is, is uh, he goes into some town to speak and meets someone, and next thing you know, the Lord tells him, give him your car. <laughs> the problem with that is he's like, but I need a car to get home. God, I don't have a car. But God would prompt him so he would give a car. And then it, it always happened that when he did that, a couple days later, someone would call him randomly out of nowhere. Of course, we know it's not random. It's God. And say, hey, are you Robert Morris? He's like, yeah. And he goes, well, um, God told me that you have a ministry where you travel and that you need good transportation, and I just feel led by God to give you my car. This happened 11 times in 18 months. We just kept giving his car to someone, and he would get a car, and he'd give his car away, and give it. Just, just kept happening over and over again. Finally, at the end of this whole season of giving, the Lord prompts him. This is all in the story I'm reading. Of course, I'm freaking out while I'm reading this, you know. And while I get to that car part, by the God starts to speak to me, and I feel like God's telling me to give my car away, you know. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm stirring, right. And so I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably just an idea. It's probably not from God. So I kind of try to justify it. As I'm reading the story, he says what happens next is that he feels the Lord telling him to drain both of his accounts, his checking account and his savings account, give it all away, take it to zero. And then he feels prompted to deed his house over to someone. So basically, they've given all their cars away. They've given all their money away. Now their house basically give everything away. So that's what he does. So now he's sitting in his home among boxes since they're packing up to move out of a house he no longer owns. He's sitting upstairs at his desk in this house that he no longer owns. And he just says out loud to God, 
well, God, I never thought I would do it, but I guess I finally outgave you. As soon as he says that, the phone rings. He picks up the phone. Someone says, hi, is this Robert Morris? He says, yes. He says, hi, I know you don't know who I am. Robert starts to smile. I was like, here we go. <laughs> yes, I know you don't know who I am, but um, I, I understand you travel a lot and speak. He's like, yes, sir, that's what I do. He goes, well, I just felt prompted by God to help you out with your transportation needs. And he was like, oh, this is great. So they're talking, and the guy's not telling him what it is. And so finally he says, Robert, just says, I'm sorry, I just got to ask you. You told me you already bought something. What exactly did you buy if you don't mind me asking? He says, oh, that's no problem. He says, uh, I bought you a Learjet. He says, I figured you probably can't fly it, so I went ahead and put a pilot on my payroll, my company's payroll, and I have a hangar you can keep it at for free. So it's your jet to do whatever you want. So he gives him a $15 million Learjet. He hangs up the phone with this guy, total shock, of course, and he senses the Holy Spirit say to him, gotcha. <laughs> because you can't outgive God. It's not possible to do that. So he's totally blown away, of course. He just can't, he can't believe this has happened. This is all in this book. I'm freaking out hearing the story. And while this is happening, I, I just sense something going on around me. And, and what I'm going to kind of say doesn't really fit my background. I, I grew up in a great church background, conservative theologically, kind of a Baptist background, and nothing wrong with that. But because of that, like, this is kind of entering a realm that I'm not used to. And so I just literally sensed in the room, in my office, the Spirit of God just filled the room up. I don't know how else to explain it. I just felt like, wow, God is really here right now speaking to me. I, I couldn't explain it beyond that. But I remember at this moment, I just said out loud to God, I was like, God, what are you trying to do right now? I feel like God was telling me, I'm taking over this service. I'm taking over this weekend. I know the need, and I'm taking over. And so I sensed God telling me to chunk my message and share this story. I really wanted to do my message and challenge people to fill out the little card to give this much and all that, but I sensed the Lord telling me, no, you're not going to. I was like, God, we really need the money. And I feel like God was telling me, I know better than you. Obey me. I felt the Lord tell me two things. Instantly obey me, and I will not share my glory with anyone. I was like, okay. So I just say out loud to God at this point, I'm like, Lord, I may be just crazy, but did, I feel like you're maybe telling me to give my car away. Is that just the power of suggestion, or is that really from you? As I say that, our office, by the way, my office happened to be in a mobile mini because we used every available space in our buildings for, for people for church at this point. So we, we, by necessity, were meeting in mobile minis. So I'm in my mobile mini out in the parking lot where my office is, and I say, God, are you telling me to get my car away? Right when I say that, some car alarm starts going off right outside my window. Bam, 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 bam. I just start laughing. I was like, Really? Can you make that more obvious? Like, this is ridiculous, you know? So then I say to God, okay, God, if you really want me to give my car away, I'll do it, but Jessica's got to agree. My wife has got to agree with this. So I thought, oh, this is an easy out, man. This is great. <laughs> so I call my wife. Now, service has just started. I can hear the music starting. And I think it's important because I had no time to talk myself out of it. Aren't we good at that, right? We're so good at talking ourselves out of what we think God's telling us to do. So there was no time for me to do that. So I'm walking from my office to the backstage area. I can hear the music going. Service has started. I call my wife on the phone. It's 502, 503, something like that. First song, first song is actually going. She knows what time it is, and so she knows that church is going on. So when she gets a call from me, she realizes something's up. That doesn't happen because normally I'm very busy at this time. I call her. She answers the phone. Hey, what's up? What do you need? Because she knows church has started. And I said, hey, okay, this is not really crazy. I don't have time to explain everything, but I think God told me to give our car away. And she says, which car? And I was like, not yours. 
I said, no, it's mine. Hers wasn't paid off. Mine was, actually. I said, no, not yours. And she says, okay, Bill. And, you know, we only had a few moments. And so she just says, babe, if you think God, are you sure it was God? I said, I re- yeah, I really am. And she says, babe, you know we don't have the money to go buy another car. We're giving everything we can possibly give to the church right now. We do not have the money. And I just, it just flew out of my mouth. I wasn't even thinking. I just said it real quick. I just said, I know Jesus is my ride. She says, okay, so you're telling, you're committing to me that you're not going to go buy, I will not buy a car. God will provide. She says, okay. So I get off the phone, I'm like, oh, she said, yes. Oh, I did not anticipate that. <laughs> so now, I mean, this is what happens when you marry God, the woman, she actually obeys God. You know, it's so frustrating. Anyways, <laughs> so now I have no excuse, right? I'm like, you know, now I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm in this. But I really sense God telling me, don't share this with anyone else. This is not for public consumption. This is about me obeying God. So that was the end of that, and I just said, okay, God, you have my yes. I'll do whatever you want. The car is yours, whatever you want to do with it, right? So I had a used forerunners paid off. I was like, cheers, Lord, whatever you want to do with it. So then the 5 o'clock service happens. I walk up on stage. I mean, I've had no time to prepare. They're on the last song. I'm miking up real quick. People are freaking out backstage. Where's Pastor Bill? You know, because normally I'm there earlier. And so I'm miking up real quick, and I walk out on stage with no prep time. I walk out, and I say, hey, guys, uh, set, set aside your notes. We're not going to use any of that tonight. I just said, instead, God just kind of told me to tell you a story. So when I shared the story, I just told you about Robert Morris. And I said, the Lord just, I said, I really wanted to ask you to give to this and commit, but the Lord won't let me. So I'm like, I'm just going to ask instead for you to just instantly obey him and do whatever he tells you to do. And he will not share his glory with anyone. Just, just obey the Lord. So at the end of service, we normally have the offering time and then we dismiss. And I do a couple announcements during the offering and that's it. So at the end of service, we have our offering time. And then when I say you're dismissed, as I'm walking off stage, no one's really moving, which is really weird. It's like, what's going on? People aren't leaving. But instead, people start coming forward and crying and praying. And I was like, this is, what, what's happening? This is weird. I had to kind of check myself, like, did I say you're just, I think I said you're dismissed. But people aren't wanting to leave. This, I remember this young girl coming to me and she said, Pastor, I need to tell you something real quick. I said, yeah, what's that? She said, I want you to know that you just, you have no idea what you just released in the kingdom. You have no idea what you just released in the spirit. I was like, I don't. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> but I have no idea what that means. But just something was going on. It was really clear. And then the spirit of God tells me after that first service, go clean out your car. Now, the Holy Spirit normally does not tell me to clean out my car. He probably should tell me that more often. <laughs> but I knew what God was trying to tell me was to get my car ready to, to give to someone. So I haven't told a single staff member. No one knows this but my wife and I. My wife's at home. I'm, I'm, she comes on Sundays. I, uh, I was at church on Sunday, Saturday night. So it's just the two of us who know this. I go, I grab a plastic bag, like a big trash bag, and I go pop open the back of my forerunner, and I just start unloading all the junk that's in the back of my car, you know, like toys and, you know, McDonald's from 1985, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so I'm just unloading it, right, you know, just emptying my car out real quick, right? And as I'm doing it, I just start to talk out loud to God because that's what you do when you live in crazy world, right? You're just like, hey, we're going to live by faith. Let's just start talking to God. So I remember unloading all, all the stuff in my car, and as I'm doing it, I just said, hey, God, who gets the car? So this is kind of, I've gone from fear to fun. Now this is like, this is going to be cool. Someone's going to get my car. I'm excited that someone's going to be blessed, you know? So I start thinking about people I know that could use the car. I was like, I know a single mom that could use it. We know of some college students that could use it, a couple just starting out. I just start thinking about that, that maybe just could really use a leg up that could, could use my car. And so I think, hey, so-and-so, or maybe this person, maybe that person. And in a, in a moment, I sense God telling me, quit manufacturing this. I will tell you who. So then I'm like, okay, God, uh, how am I going to know who this is? And I sense the Spirit of God tell me because they're going to walk up in the next service. Here's the problem with that. We don't have a walk up. There's no moment where people do that. So now I'm telling God about our church. In case you hadn't been to our church services before, God, well, there's no walk up. 
So when exactly is this going to happen, you know? And I sense God telling me, I told you how I'm going to do it. Obey me. Okay. So I take the car, I take the car key off my key ring, the forerunner. It's all emptied out now. I put it in my pocket. I'm like, okay, Lord, someone walks out in the middle of service to get my car. If not, I get to keep my forerunner. <laughs> Pressure's on you, not on me. So the 630 service, I share the same story. I didn't tell him about the car thing, about my, my personal journey with obeying God. I just told him about what Robert Morris did and this and that. I share the story. At the end of the service, I said, I just want you to instantly obey God, and, and he will not share his glory with anyone. Now, during the offering time at the end of services, much like we do today, we do the offering and do some announcements during the offering. And so during the offering time, as I'm going over announcements, some guy walks right up to the front of the auditorium and hands me a $100 bill. People start to applaud that because they see they could see it was cash, and he hands it to me. I said, oh, thank you. I put it, on, uh, I put it down on, on, on my, my podium. And immediately I realized God just did it. A guy just walked up in the middle of service. And so I'm freaking out. I realize I'm like, I have a key burning a hole in my pocket right now. <laughs> and so I grabbed the key, and I was like, whoa, 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 come here, come here, come here. And the guy walks back up. Now, we have all this on video, by the way. We recorded our services back then, too. So I said, come here. He walks back up. Now, he's not mic'd up or anything like that. I mean, if I had known this was going to happen, I'd have been like, get him in makeup. Let's mic him up. Let's make sure, you know. <laughs> I mean, none of this was planned, right? So he just walks up, hands it to me. I freak out. I, come here. I call him back over. He walks back up, and I pull the key out, and I said, here. I didn't explain anything because the guy was real clear to me about this is between you, me, and you. This is not, this is not for public consumption, so I don't say anything to anyone. I hand him the key. It says Toyota on the key. He looks at it, and he says, I don't want your car. And, but he's on mic. No one hears that. Maybe the first row, that's it. And I said, no, no, it's yours. He goes, no, I, Pastor, I don't want that. I said, go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and sits down. Now, people look at me like, what's going on? And I knew I couldn't explain it because I knew this wasn't about that. And so I, was, I just said, you're dismissed. And I walked off. That was it. <laughs> so I go straight to this guy, and I'm like, bro, what made you do that? I introduced him. Hi, I'm Pastor Bill. What's your name? You know, we, we met. And, and I love this guy because he was so totally unchurched. Like he was, he, 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 in his own words, he said, look, man, I'm barely a Christian. Like, I mean, he told me that. He's like, I just got saved maybe six months ago. I'm not into all this like y'all are. Like, I mean, he was very honest. I love this honesty. He said, my wife is super into God. I'm not that much into it. You know, I am a Christian, but, you know. So he's just telling me his story. And then he says to me, look, I'll be honest with you. Here's what, because I was like, what made you come forward? I'm freaking out, right? And he goes, honestly, he said, I got in a fight with my wife this week because she told me God speaks her. And I said, that's crazy. God doesn't talk to people. And she said, yes, he does. And when she stomped out of the house in anger, she turned around, and her last words to me before she left the house that day was, look, when God finally does talk to you, just obey him. And so here I am sitting in service. She's working in the nursery. And I hear you talk about this need you guys have and to instantly obey God. And all of a sudden, the offering comes I've never given before. I got 120 bucks in my wallet, and I just sent something inside me say, give. So I pull out my wallet, got 120 bucks. I reach for the 20, and that something inside me says, nope, the 100. So I pulled a $100 bill out, and then right when the bucket gets to me, I got my hand in the bucket, putting it in there, and that something inside me says, no, walk it up. I said, congratulations, you just got a Toyota Ford owner for $100. <laughs> I mean, I'm in shock. Like, what? This girl, that her, his wife comes running in, she's crying, I always miss the cool stuff. She runs in with tears. What just happened, you know? And so then they get in a fight right in front of me. I'm like, are y'all good fighting? What's going on? Because she goes, did you tell him? Did you tell him? He's like, what, what are you talking about? She goes, tell him, like that. And he's like, all right, all right. I was offered the job this week, and all I have is a motorcycle. And they, they said, you can only take the job if you have a truck. And so now he could take that, that job, because now he has a truck. 
So I walked him and his wife out to the car, show them what works and what doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so I showed them the car, you know, and I was like, all right, come back on Monday. I'll have the title for you. I'll sign it over. And, you know, you guys enjoy your car. And they're like, okay, thanks. So then they drive off. I'm like, okay, bye. I'm like, I don't have a ride home. So, <laughs> so I walked back. It's like, this is all this, guys. I'm not sensationalizing. This is exactly what happened. I don't have 30 stories like this, okay? This is a real story. I have like two. This is it, okay? As cool as it gets, all right? So I walk in, right, and I, I go straight to one of our staff members, and I was like, hey, man, can I get a ride home? He goes, oh, man, I can't. And I go, why not? He goes, I just gave my car away. I was like, what? <laughs> then another staff member walks up to us, and we both said, hey, can we get a ride home? And he says, oh, I can't. I just gave my car away. We're like, what? Everyone's giving, because the story prompted so many people to do this, right? And so we're like, are you kidding me? Then this intern, no lie, intern starts walking down the aisle and I said, oh, let's ask him to go. Oh, he didn't have a car. And he goes, oh no, I have a car. Someone just gave me a car. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> this is crazy. So he gives all of us a ride home. He's driving. It's like, this is so cool. We're like, yeah, congratulations. That's great. <laughs> so happy for you. You know, so he drops all of us off at our house. I'll never forget, I walk into my house, I go upstairs, my kids and my wife are watching TV. I open the door and my wife looks at me and she immediately says, what's going on? I go, what are you talking about? She says, my phone is blowing up. What happened to church tonight? And I was like, honey, you are not gonna believe this. So I start telling the whole story. My kids are there, they're little at this time. I start telling the whole story and they were like, wait, you gave away the Ford and we love that car. You know, I was like, yeah, you think you loved it. I, I, it was my car. And so I'll never forget Cole. He was just like, dad, did you get my toy out of the back? I was like, yeah, I got your toy, Cole, don't worry. Your 99 cent McDonald's toy. Don't worry, I got that for you. So I'm telling the whole story, right? And so then it's pretty late at this point. I never forget, I never forget Jessica asked me one time. She goes, what did it feel like when all this is going on? I'll never forget telling her, babe, it just, it felt like Acts chapter two. It, it, for those of you who don't know, that's where Pentecost happens. It just felt like the Holy Spirit just took over. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was crazy though. So then it's late at night and I realize I don't have a ride to work tomorrow because <laughs> My wife comes to a later service with the kids, and I, I got to be there by the, for we, at the time we had 8.30 service, and normally I showed up at 8.29, right, you know, because, you know, because I'm early, and so, and uh, I, you know, I was just like slide in and do church, and so, because I've already done it the night before twice, and so I'm calling around trying to get any staff member available to give me a ride. I, I, it seems like no one's answering the phone, and I finally called the one guy I don't want to call. It's Pastor Paul. He's our executive pastor. I didn't want to call him, and the reason why is because he was also our drummer, and he got up there real early, and I'm not an early morning person. I think Jesus gets up around 10. That's just my personal take. <laughs> so, you know, I did not want to call him. Finally, I call him. I'm like, Ugh. So I'm like, hey, man, can I get a ride? He goes, what happened to your car? It's a long story. Do you mind picking me up? Yeah, I'll be there at 7. I was like, oh, Okay, great. So he pulls up seven mornings all cheaper. Praise the Lord, let's go. I'm like, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> anyway, so we get in the car. Sorry, your pastor's kind of human. So, so we're driving to church, you know, and he drops me off and he goes to play the drums and they're practicing for the 830 service. And I'm in the back. I'm never there this early. And I'm sitting backstage and the guy walks up to me and he says, hey, pastor, there's someone here that wants to see you. And I was like, <laughs> that's funny. It's 730 in the morning. There's no one here to see me. He goes, no, no, there really is. There's a couple out front. They've been here for a while. I was like, seriously? He goes, yeah. If they're here, I'll meet with them. So I walk out there, and this is a couple I hadn't seen in like 15 years, like since high school, forever. And so I saw them, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what are you guys doing here? And I'd met them in Houston. They live in McAllen now. She starts crying immediately. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're here. We've got to tell you the crazy story. And I was like, try me. I'm living in crazy land. Go ahead and try me. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. She says, We're, my husband and I, we heard about your church. We want to plant a church like yours in McAllen. So we we're going to come up. We we're already coming to an investment seminar all day, Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 5. She says, so we're on the way up Friday night to, to Corpus, 
and we're talking about the, the investment seminar and going to your church service, and we realize you have a 5 o'clock service, so we're, th- we're going to try to make that. We couldn't. We end up being late. We can only come to the 6.30. Of course, that's when everything happened, right? So but she said, but Friday night on the way up, and she turns to her husband. She says, my sweet husband bought me, surprising with a brand-new Cadillac Escalade. These, these are wealthy people. And she said, I had bought myself six months before this a brand-new Ford conversion van so I could you know, take all the grandkids with me in, in one car. And she, so she said, so I had this extra brand-new van. I didn't know what to do with it. And I told my husband on the way up Friday night, I said, honey, this is going to sound crazy, but I just feel like God's telling me that we're supposed to give my van away to somebody. She says, then we, we couldn't make it to the 5 o'clock service. We can only make it to 6.30. And we see you, we see some kind of commotion. We think we saw you give a, a key to someone, but we weren't sure. And she said, right when I saw you do that, the Lord prompted me and told me, Pastor Bill is supposed to have your van. She said, so my husband said, let's go talk about this. Don't go talk to him yet. Let's go talk, right? The, the voice of reason in the room, right? Let's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go talk about this. They go to dinner that night. She says, he said, bring the bulletin in with you. So they're at dinner, they're talking. And she says, you know, we talked about instantly obeying God. And I feel like it's now or never I should do this if I'm going to do it. To, to, to instantly obey God. And I want God to get the glory for this. And so he's like, okay, well, if it's instant, that means it's supposed to happen now. She says, yep. And she said, wait a minute. What, what time is their first service tomorrow? We could do it tomorrow morning. He says, well, let's look at the bulletin. They open the bulletin. and says, oh, the first service Sundays is 8.30. And she says, oh, no, our, the investment seminar starts at 8. So we'll miss Pastor Bill. And he says, you know what? If God wants Pastor Bill to have that van, God will get Pastor Bill to church early tomorrow. I mean, at this point, we're all crying. It's like, this is the craziest thing ever. I mean, literally three days later, they drove back up. That, they gave us that van. My kids called that the miracle van. Isn't it cool to know my kids, they grew up in a miracle, driving in a miracle. I, some of you drive a miracle every day because your car's so bad. You're like, it's a miracle. It started. I understand that. <laughs> I've lived that miracle a lot myself. I get that. So, but I mean, it was just like, it's so, my kids, I mean, this, you should see the inside of the thing was unbelievable. It was like all decked out. It was like a movie theater on wheels. It was like Snoop Dogg owned it minus the weed. It was incredible. <laughs> thing was like all decked out. It was just awesome. But I will tell you this, at that point, I sensed God telling me, now you can share this story. Now you're a part of what I'm doing. And again, I felt the Lord tell me, instantly obey me and I will not share my glory with anyone. It's like, okay, God. So then I shared the story at the 830 service. People freak out, of course. I shared the story again at the 10 o'clock service. At the end of the 10 o'clock service, a man I've never met before comes up to me. And he says, Pastor Bill, can I, can I talk with you for a second? I was like, sure. I'd never met him before. He introduced himself. He says, I've been coming here for about six weeks. My son brought me to this church. He says, uh, 25 years ago, I started a little ex- oil exploration company. God's blessed it. And I was like, okay. And as I'm talking to him, I'm listening to him, but I'm really listening to God more like in this moment because I just sense the Spirit of God telling me at this point. I feel God telling me, you're about to see my glory. So I'm like, okay. So he says, no, I'm not crazy. I'm not a kook. And I was like, okay, okay. He says, what I, what I'm, what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. I was like, yes, sir, okay. He says, I understand you guys need $3 million. I was like, yes, sir, we do. He says, I'm not going to give you three, but I'm going to give you two. Tears begin to stream down my face, not because he said $2 million, although that is clearly worthy of crying, (laughs) but because right when he said that, the Spirit of God told me, and I'm not done. 24 hours later, I left that man's house thanking him and his sweet wife, who are now friends of ours and been faithful for this church for a long time. But they'd only been there six weeks. We left their house with with a check for $2 million dollars. 
At the same time, the Lord told me, don't share that with anyone in the church yet because this is not about one couple as faithful and awesome as they are. This is about what I want to do through everyone. For the next two weeks, I could hardly get anything done. My, I kept getting knocks at my door from my secretary saying, Pastor Bill, there's someone else here to see you. They just came by. There were no appointments. Just people just started coming by. And I'd walk out, someone would start crying, and they'd say, Pastor, we just felt led by God. Here is our IRA, everything. And then an hour later, someone else, uh, I'd like to donate my car. Uh, I want to give you my Sea-Doo, my motorcycle, um, this, this vacation land that we own that we want to build on one day. Uh, we want to give you uh, th- this fur coat, uh, this gold necklace, this, this you know, former engagement ring. I mean, just, it was endless. We had to open an eBay account to move all the, the stuff coming in to the church, not to mention all the just the financial gifts that people began to give. Here's what happened. Took our church, sacrificing diligently for two years straight, to raise $2.7 million. And in one act of obedience, God began an outpouring of his spirit that it took us two years to raise $2.7 million and two weeks to raise $2.9 million more. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That is how God works. Quickly, I want to give you a couple things to write down. Would you write these things down real quick? Second thing I want you to write down after number one is remember. Number two is God doesn't want you living on yesterday's miracles. Oh, I'm stirring, guys. God's been stirring in me all day and all day yesterday and all week about this. Psalm 78 says, Each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will make even a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You see, God loves it when we share the stories of old, but it doesn't mean God's done telling the story. God is not finished. That's number three. Believe God enough to take action. Believe God enough to take action. Isaiah 30, 18 says, But God's not finished. Isn't that great? God's not finished. See, I love these miracles that we've shared that God's done, but God's not finished doing miracles. He's in the miracle business. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right, everything. Those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. I just believe God's not finished with the miracles that he wants to do even among us. If God provided in the past, why would not God provide in the current situation as well. God is a provider, God. That's just the way that he works. While this happened, I want to give you one last story real quick. We'll wrap it up. There was a couple, Jason and Shannon Owens. I I texted Jason. I still have his number. They've since moved. His job took him elsewhere, but they're great people. They were faithful to the church for over 10 years, and she sang in the band, and he just is so faithful in so many different capacities. Jason was so moved that Saturday night that he got up went to the car with his wife, but on their way home, they stopped. They said, we had to circle back around, got out of the car, grabbed our checkbook, and I came back in, and he said, here, I want to give this to you. With tears in his eyes, he said, this is everything we have. He said, God's told me to drain my savings account and give it all to the church. He's, the Lord told him, I remember, I'll never forget, he was like, God told me his house first, then our house. They've been saving up money. They had $8,000 saved for a down payment for a home they wanted to, to purchase. He said, God told me his house first. So here's everything. I said, I mean, you, you, bro, you can't, I can't ask you to do that. He said, no, no, you're not asking. God's asking. You just need to take this, Pastor. This is for the church. I just hugged him and said, man, thank you. The crazy thing was Monday when he called me and he said, can you please check to make sure that that check cleared? I was like, well, I, that's not my area. That's our, I give it to our finance department. 
He said, well, can you, can you find out and make sure it cleared? I was like, sure, sure. Let me call right back. I went and checked. I was like, did, did the check clear? They said, yeah, we deposited it with everything else and it, it cleared. So I called him back and said, yeah. He said, well, this doesn't make any sense because there's $8,000 in my account, but you said it cleared. He calls me back and he says, you are not going to believe this. I was like, try me. He says, God told me to give everything we did, and I didn't know this, but I had a bonus coming I knew nothing of, and it was for exactly $8,000. The money cleared and was replaced within seconds. God just does things like that when you trust him. Now today, be real, real nice and real great if I could just ask right now for you to give. But that's not the message of the story. The message of the story is, Instantly obey God. With whatever that means. There were people that got right with other people. I'll never forget the group of singles that came forward, all crying out to God, saying, God, we want to be pure before you. We we're going to quit messing around. We're going to take God serious in our lives. That's a big commitment. There are people who forgave someone. You know, that may be more giving than anything you could possibly do is to forgive someone who's hurt you deeply. I'm not here to ask you to do any certain thing. I'm asking you to instantly obey God. God. Would you stand your feet with me right now with all of our campuses right now? Because I believe God's moving. Do you guys believe that? Do you guys sense the Lord's moving right now in you? I bet he's probably stirring in you to do something. I don't know what that is, but I know that's how he works. Can we just sing to ask God? Let's just sing to God and ask him for a breakthrough right now. Can we just say, God, please just give me a breakthrough, God. Do what only you can do right now. Let's just sing to God. You're making all things new. You're making all things new. It's what you always do. You, you are my breakthrough. You're making all things. You're making all things. Worship It's what you always do. You are my breakthrough. Church, give him your yes now. Before he even tells you what it's for, just give him your yes. It's what you always do. You are my breakthrough. What you always do, you are my breakthrough. You're making all things new. You're making all things new. It's what you always do. You are my breakthrough. You're making all things new. You're making all things new. It's what you always do. You are my breakthrough. You know, church, people say, I want to experience God. I want to have an outpouring of His Spirit. We say, man, if I could just experience God, an outpouring of His Spirit, then I would obey Him. No, that's not how it works. You obey Him, and then you get an outpouring of His Spirit. He's waiting on us to obey Him. So if He's speaking to you, you just give God your yes. Say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know why you'd leave me to do that. That makes no sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It needs to make sense to Him in the kingdom. God just calls on us to do things. You just obey Him. You just obey the Lord, whatever He leads you to do. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, let's take a moment to pray. Maybe your prayer today is just say, God, I'm going to give you my yes. I don't know what you want from me, Lord, but all I have, all I am, I hold loosely. I give you my yes. If that's you today, would you lift your hand high to God and just say, God, you have my yes. I don't know what you want from me, but I'm willing. I'm willing to be obedient. Whatever you want from me, God, I give you my yes. Just obey the Lord. Do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Thank you. Just obey the Lord. Just obey the Lord. If you've never trusted your life in Christ's hands, 
The Bible's very clear. For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his son the greatest gift ever given. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can obey him now by receiving his grace, his forgiveness. Pray this prayer with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sin and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord and be my savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.